I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I have Chris Visions, I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin Time. Hi, I'm Rick Remender. Rob, the artist. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Mr. Priscilla. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Robbie Amell. What's up, guys? Today, I have special guest, Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I've got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> and we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Oh, hey, guys. I'm thrilled to be on. Robin Hobb is here. Working on a trilogy called The Fits and the Fool. Libio Raimondelli. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show! I'm John, your host, the Vintage Geek, and we have, as usual, Christina Pryor with us today. Hello! How's things been, Christina? Uh, getting over a cold, but otherwise, okay, wacko weather. <laughs> Goes from hot to cold, and it's got hot again, and it's going to get cold again next week. So, you know, the sinuses will enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel bad that you've been getting over a cold. Hope everything's going well now. Mm, pretty much. Michael, how you doing? Yes. I'm doing pretty good. I, I am. I am also getting over a cold, though mine was a bit earlier than Christina's. I think um, oh. <laughs> things are things are going well, and I'm still waiting on some news that I think I might have mentioned that about the Zeus is dead, but still, still hush hush on that. So okay, otherwise okay. things are fantastic. <laughs> we'll sit patiently and keep waiting for this awesome news to come down the pipe. And today, guys, we got someone extremely special with us. Totally cool. You might know him from Grimm. He played Marcus Rispoli, right? Is that how you say the same Rispoli? That's it. That's it. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> and the fifth brother in Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> Philip Anthony Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? Hi, Christina. Hi, Michael. Hi, John. Hello. Oh, this Yay. is so... <laughs> I recognize your voice now from the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, because that's exactly the voice I used to on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you all here on this podcast and uh, happy to be here. Thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, play with you guys for a little bit. Yeah, this is Thanks so cool. So, Philip, I got a couple of things I want to shoot at you real quick. So, I was going through your list, and not only have you been on, like, Grimm and Star Wars Rebels, but you're also, now, I believe it's an upcoming episode of Orville. We haven't seen it yet, right? No, we have not seen it. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited because it's actually going to be the season finale of the first season of the Orville, and uh, we're really excited about that. Um uh, first of all, it was it was a joy just to be a part of this, you know, new series. Uh, 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 I'm a big Seth MacFarlane fan, and um, you know, suffice it to say, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, sci-fi geek fan. <laughs> love Star Wars, love Star Trek. So, you know, this homage of Seth MacFarlane's to to Star Trek, to the Star Trek universe, and and just 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 the you know, the sci-fi genre in general was, was really a special treat to not only be on, but, um, but to get to watch. So, uh, we're really excited about that. And, um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to, for it to air. It's going to probably be airing, I'm guessing sometime closer to Christmas time or maybe the end of the year, uh, maybe even the beginning of the new year. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I saw the name Fadolin, right? Fadolin or Fadolin? Fadolin. 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 It's pronounced Fadolin, and we should get it right because, you know, it's going to be one of those characters that's going to go into Star Trek trivia lore. I mean, <laughs> Orville, Orville, tri Orville trivia lore a la Star Trek you know, <laughs> or something like that. So um, I'm really hoping that uh, that it does have that um, that recognition, so to speak. <laughs> 
Cool. So can can you tell us what kind of character Fedolin is? Or is um, still, I will still... say I will say this: he's an alien that comes across the crew uh, of the Orville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to, spoil to say anything much. else would totally totally ruin. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I was really stoked to not only be a part of that show, but to get to play something cool like an alien. Um, I will say that I did not have super elaborate like prosthetic makeup or anything like that, which also would have been cool. Um, I sort of look like me, but um, a little bit, quote unquote, enhanced. All right. <laughs> let's, just, let's just leave it at that and uh, sort of to whet your appetite. But um, it is it is a really cool alien that I that I play. And, um, you know, the um, the production design in the show is just off the charts. Amazing. But the costume and the uh, makeup design is also pretty spectacular. We've got we've got like award winning uh, special effects people who have won Oscars, who have won Emmys, who have been part of major, major, you know, uh, movies like, um, you know, uh, some of the Lord of the Rings movies and things like that. So it's it's a pretty spectacular uh, group of people when you when you talk about the creative aspect of it all. So pretty pretty cool stuff that I'm that this character that I'm doing on on the Orville is going to look like, and I'm super stoked for it to air. <laughs> it sounds like awesome. it. this is great. Yeah. But, but what I wanted to get at was, so I saw like you were on NCIS, two of the shows, two of the CSI yes. shows, Castle, yes. Castle, <laughs> Mike and Molly, and you were in Star Trek Enterprise. So you got to be in Trek. I know I was, you know, it was, it was, it was my last ditch effort at least to get into the, television world of star trek but it was really nice i mean um it, you know now it's great because now we've got star trek discovery and we've got we've got the rebooted movie franchise so you know there's still a possibility that yeah, i so might be able to get into some other inception of star trek but you know to be to, to say that i got to be on star trek enterprise that was a real treat yeah here's hoping you get to be in more yeah <laughs> yeah in yeah, star yeah, wars that would be cool <laughs> i know no, yeah, well, it's good to, you know, another thing that was a, 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 just a childhood dream realized was to get to be on Star Wars Rebels, you know, because even though it's a, it's a Disney XD, an animated series, it's geared toward younger people. And, I, and I, my, what I mean by younger people is probably like preteens and teens because, um, you know, the subject matter is, is kind of adult. But the cool thing is, is that it is canon. It is Star Wars canon. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 interrelated with with the uh, with the feature films and some of the characters from there, uh, from the prequel trilogies as well as the as well as the episodes four, five, and six. So that in and of itself was nice. It wasn't some separate weird little universe of its own. <laughs> and it's a fantastic show. I'm loving it. It really it, is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, you know when I first started watching it, I'm like, you know, they really pay attention attention to good storytelling. Which is which is you know like good uh, entertainment one hundred and one when you really talk about it. There's only so much you can do with special effects and cool characters, but unless you're telling a good story, you're gonna you're gonna have your audience lose interest very quickly. So it's really good storytelling. I love the way they they connect some of these new characters with you know um, characters like I said because, uh, with the prequel trilogies. It, there's those connections with. Yeah. Characters like Yoda and Ben Kenobi or Obi Wan Kenobi, I should say, and um, so that's kind of nice that 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 everything is kind of interrelated. Yeah. Well, and I also well, know, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was I was about to say how many people can say they were killed by Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're gonna go, that's one way. <laughs> that's definitely the way to go. Not not just to get killed by Darth Maul, but get killed by a regenerated, you know, refused Darth Maul. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, pretty 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 spectacular to go down go down in a blaze of glory, so to speak, like that. <laughs> So yeah, a million TV shows. Um, yeah. I've been in so many video games, I can't even list them all. But some right. of my favorites recently were like Dead Space, the Tomb Raider series, Halo, Dragon Age, Fallout, yeah. and one uh -huh. of my favorites, the Uncharted series. That is yeah. phenomenal. But yeah. I mean, countless others. I mean, GTA, like it just goes on and on. Yeah. And then I noticed you've also done feature films. Like you've been in the Medea series. Um, yeah. Yeah. Inalienable, inalienable, right? Inalienable, which was actually a little, a little kind of um, 
independent feature that was produced and co-written by Walter Koenig of, of Chekhov's oh, wow. Star Trek fame. Um, and the cool thing about that is that there were there were a wealth of like um, sci-fi, uh, a who's who's list of sci-fi yeah. people like that were in it, like uh, Richard Hatch from the original yep. Battlestar Galactica, um, Tim Russ who played Tuvok on Star Trek Voyager, um, Patricia, Patricia Tallman who was in TV shows like Babylon Five Babylon and Five. a bunch of other things. So you know it was kind of like a neat little little. Um, it was it was kind of a very tongue in cheek, you know, little story that Walter came up with, uh, with you know, like like his personal homage to science fiction and storytelling and stuff like that, and it was it was kind of a fun thing to do, you know. Yeah, and then you've got something coming out called Odious soon, right? Yeah, yeah, Odious is um, is uh, another independent feature that. We hope we'll do well, but um, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of stuck in like release and <laughs> distributor distributor feature uh, uh, limbo. So time will tell. It's it's the it's the little it's the little Hollywood two step of getting a potential good movie studio to to back its marketing and back its release. So, but it's it's a really exciting project. I'm really hoping it takes off as well. Yeah, it's, it looks good. But but what I, my question was related to all this is as an actor, do you approach each thing the same? Like if you're a voice actor, if you're in a cartoon, if you're in a video game, or if you're going to play on episodic TV or in a single episode or actually being in a feature film or something, do you approach them all the same as an actor or do you do different techniques for each element, you know? Um, you know what? It's I I I, I kind of like that. You know, it's it's acting is is acting, and um, for me, it's all about preparation, um, proper preparation, um, with uh, you know not just not just memorizing lines, for example, um, but you know learning learning about what's being written about the character that I'm portraying in any given project, whether it's an animated feature or, or an episodic or a movie character or even theater for that matter. It's all about preparation and really delving into whatever character I'm doing. But I, I will say that there are certain certain dynamics that, that are different within each genre. Um, you know, for example, I just recently finished up um, another project. Uh, it's an exciting project that unfortunately I can't tell you about, but it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of um, it's kind of a, 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 a uh, another project that deals with the comic book world. Um, and, you know, you're, when you do voice acting, everything, all the emotion comes from your voice. Um, so it's sort of like a different dynamic. There's a different energy that occurs for me um, where, uh, you know, you try to be a little bit more expressive with, with your words and what's written by the writer, um, you know, to, to tell the story. Uh, because I don't know if you know this or not, but typically like the 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 MO of doing anything animated, whether you're talking about um, an animated TV series or a feature film animation or even like video games, everything is recorded first. And then the animators, yeah. or, the computer animators or whatever, they come in and they shape and they animate, quote unquote, animate these characters based on your vocal performance. So you really, really have to pull out all the stops with um, – with creating a character and um, and oftentimes what they what they'll do also is that they'll set up a camera like a little a little video camera in front of the actor so that it kind of captures their performance you know and this 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 is this doesn't necessarily mean, mean like motion capture um, like when you're in a in a in a big motion capture room or doing video games or something like that or a motion capture character sort of like what Andy Circus does yeah but um, you know just a video camera and it's it's helpful to the animators because they see the actor's performance um, they see them physicalize it and then that helps in whatever rendering they're going to do on a computer screen or with you know colored pens or pencils or or any in you know, anything of that nature regarding to animation yeah so you really, really have to like kind of push it a little bit more, so to speak, and you know, kind of emote more and 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 really convey a sense of what you're trying to tell story-wise with your voice when you do animation. Um, you know, when you're doing theater and, and television or film, uh, you know, people see your performance and they can sort of gauge where you're going with it. 
And if you have a director, they'll say, hey, listen, I like what you're doing, but why don't you try this? Or it's like, you know what? What you did was perfect. Don't change it. Keep keep it. Let's 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 go with it because there it's instantaneous, you know? Yeah. Where there's you don't you don't have that um you don't have that that privilege when you're doing something like an animated project or a, or a, or a video game. Yeah, I see. So is it's sort of it's similar, I would say, like um, like if you end up being in full prosthetics, you have to really accentuate your facial features when you're when you're making the expressions, right? You, you really a, do. As yeah. opposed to when it's just your face, people can see you smiling because it just shows. <laughs> yeah. So you know. It, it, it's true. I mean, um, it's, it's, um, I, I think it's probably like, you know, the, the, the mantra of every, every actor who's had to do like a character where they've had to wear prosthetic, uh, prosthetics to sort of exaggerate, you know, their, their performance or, um, you know, their, their expressions and things like that. But um, it's interesting because, like, when I did um, the Orville, you have uh, Mark Jackson, uh, who's a terrific young British actor, uh, and he plays Isaac, who is sort of like the artificial intelligent, you know, being that, that in the character. He's, I think, he's also the, um, he's like the science officer or something like that. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but his character wears like a full-on helmet. It, he looks like a robot, essentially. Yeah. And he's got sort of like this silver, very futuristic looking suit. So what what he did, and it's interesting, what he told me that he does on 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 the series is since since he's he doesn't have the benefit of of showing off his facial expressions, he he kind of emotes with his hands, and he and he over exaggerates things with his hands and his arms to sort of convey emotion or convey a thought or whatever. So I thought that was pretty clever, and that's. That's kind of what you have to do when you're playing a character like that. It it, it makes it interesting, and um, it, it it gives it life. You know, it gives that character life, even mm-hmm. though, like I said, it's an artificial it's an artificial being. Yeah, I, I think I've, now that you're saying that, I, I put it together in my head because I'm remembering, especially the last episode that aired, um, where he was off with the doctor on his own and had to deal mm-hmm. with the doctor and the kids in this horrible situation on another planet. And right. uh, yeah, he really had to work. And I I remember that now the way he was using his hands and also a little bit of tilting his head and turning yep. in just a certain manner that made yeah. it so all of his emotions were conveyed and you really got the sense of what he was feeling, even though he's an artificial creature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not unlike what, um, what Brent Spiner did as data in, in Star Trek, the new generation. I don't know if you, guys watch that but you know he oh, would do of course thing, <laughs> like you know he would he would he would tick his head a certain way like when he was accessing his information or something like that you know little subtle nuances in there make make the make the character unique and special and and iconic you know in the long run it was it was it became a very iconic role for him um and it led him to be like one of the more popular characters when they when they did the cinematic versions of of uh, the, the the next generation cast so you know, I think it's a testament to uh, to actors when they're able to do stuff like that. And I and I obviously I try to do the same thing. I try to be try to bring a uniqueness to whatever I'm doing, especially if, as it pertains to you know having to wear any kind of prosthetics or something like that that kind of hinders or limits your performance. Hmm. You know, I, I hope uh, when I get to see your character in Orville that I, I I'm sure it's going to be great. And I I'm hoping in my head that you don't die. <laughs> And then you can come back for a future episode. <laughs> oh, you and, you and me, you and me both. <laughs> for sure. It's like, Oh no, please don't kill me off. Please don't kill me off. I want to come back. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost a foregone conclusion. I think it, I think it's, I don't know yet. I don't know if they've made any official announcement as to whether or not there's going to be a season two, but I'm pretty sure there is. I, think, I, I would I think, bet. I, I, yeah, I think I it's think I heard that. momentum. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's got it's definitely got a following. It's definitely got its fans and stuff, and it's and it's really been well received by the critics. You know, now they just have to get the ratings and um, and all that stuff. But um, you know, I think I think it'll do real well in the long run. Yeah, well, it's like it's a really good science fiction show, but it mm-hmm. also has that Seth MacFarlane touch of humor. Yeah, that is yeah. just so great. 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I mean, Seth, Seth was adamant about it. He's like, hey, listen, this is this is this is an adventure show. This is this is a sci-fi adventure. It's not a goofy comedy. It has that. It has that. But yeah. make no mistake, this is this is a true sci-fi adventure. And it does. And I think that's a, that's not only like, you know, uh, a really smart, cool thing that he did on his part. But again, it 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 um it's a testament to like what he feels about the genre that it's not a gag to him. It's, it's, it's very real for him. And, you know, when you look at shows like family guy and things like that, <laughs> you see the, the wealth of like inspiration and episodes that were based on star Trek or, or the star Trek or star Wars references. It's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, I wonder if Seth MacFarlane is like a sci-fi fan. I don't know. <laughs> it's not obvious to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I said, it's an homage, and and I think you know he doesn't poke fun at it. He he does a, a real fun sci-fi adventure, and then he infuses humor into it whenever he can. And I think that's that makes for a really a real successful formula. Well, I like that. Um, but the way he interjects the humor is he has yeah. a lot of the characters on the show act like a real person would in that situation. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Like they say yeah. things that. Never would have been said on Star Trek, but you were always thinking it. You're like, wait a minute, yeah. wouldn't that guy be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, another thing that's that's kind of like, you know, chalk one up for Seth is, um, you know, a lot of times he'll play the, he'll play the straight man, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in a gag or, or, a, or a laugh or something like that, which is not easy for, like, you know, for the executive producer and creator and star of the show to do. <laughs> but it's like, you know, to be able to, to say, you know, hand over the reins and say, no, 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 you take this bit, you know, you get the laugh here and I'll set you up. That That's, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. you can do that and you have the confidence in your fellow actors to um you know to uh to bestow that uh that gift onto them hey christina you've been a little quiet today you got any questions for philip well i i'm wondering when you do record like say for rebels like do you see were you looking at the character on screen or while you were Mm. speaking the lines or is it just you talk how does that go yeah well that's that no that's that would be like adr that that's um that's when you have like, you know, post or something like that. You look at, you look at some of the um, sequences and then you dub your voice to it. But no, when you're, when you're doing something like rebels or like I said, any animated feature or computer game, everything is recorded. So you're basically like looking at your script and you have a director there. You, you're sitting in a booth <laughs> with a <laughs> microphone and script in front of you. And there's some descriptions like, um, of the character, like, um, you know, it'll say in parentheses, in anger, you know, um, uh, you know, the kill is mine or something like that. Uh, something like my character Fifth Brother would say in the past. And then you you do like maybe two or three takes of the same line so that you give the director and ultimately the animators uh, a choice of what they can infuse once the once the animation for that particular project is done. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll have you'll have the benefit of like looking at a picture or um, like an artist rendering of your character for inspiration. But no, it's just you, your script on a mic stand, a mic in front of you, a director in front of you, and you're sitting behind a big glass window in a booth and a soundproof wow. booth recording your dialogue. And, you know, and that in, that is, in essence, where the quote-unquote magic occurs. And we have to create the magic for not just for yourself, but, you know, for the people that hired you and ultimately, you know, the animators. Because they, they, they put to paper what you give them performance-wise in the booth. Right. You know. How, how often does it happen? Like, you know, you said give, you give them a few different line readings how often does it usually happen where they pick one that you were really surprised that they picked or, or oh, is it usually, all the usually time kind of guess, oh. all the time i'll say a line and i'm like well that really sucked and it's like oh my god no we love that that's the best one and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> i have i have a really bad opinion of myself <laughs> but no that 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 literally just happened the other day i was uh working on another um it's uh, uh, like a feature animated film that'll be coming out. I, actually, not not feature in the sense that it'll be coming out to theaters. It'll be more of like a direct-to-video thing. 
But, um, you know, the same thing where, I, you know, I was just doing different and I've worked with this director before. So he knows my dynamic and I know his and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of have a good rapport with each other when he's giving me direction and I give a performance. But sometimes I'll do something or I'll give him like a choice or I'll make a suggestion. I'll say, hey, you know, I know the line's written this way, but what about if we say it this way? And like, you know, more than 50 percent of the time they they like my choice because they know sometimes actors have really good instincts about something and they're able to bring something unique and different to the table that the writers weren't you know didn't do so originally so that's kind of neat when you can infuse some of your own ideas and they go no i like that i like i like i like phil's take on that let's use it let's keep it or at least they keep it as an option yeah awesome yeah do you have a say like once they pick the reading and match it up with the words do you get to see it or do you not get to see it till it airs i don't get to see it until it airs most of the time um yeah um and then it's it's really like neat like i i i about came into tears when i when i first saw when my my character premiere on star wars rebels because like i said I've, i've been a huge fan since i was a little kid and you know the the original star wars trilogies and uh just to see it in, in Twilight of the um, of the Apprentice, which is the episode that my character is introduced in, mm-hmm. it it was just weird because it's it's not just the voice that you're hearing, but it's all that's coming with it, like this really sort of like John Williams esque dark, <laughs> yes. you know, dissonant chord music playing as my character enters, and then the way he incites fear and some of the other characters that he's coming into when he, when he goes onto the star destroyer and things like that. And it's just, Oh my God, I'm really in this. And it's kind of freaky. It's just, you see it come to life and you know, where, where it's your voice, but it's, it's superimposed on this animated character on the screen. So I, I, I just about lost my mind when I saw that in a good way. It was the coolest thing ever. Coolest thing that I've ever done. And he's um, and he's such a cool character. I was like, oh my gosh, he's <laughs> he's like so menacing and he's huge and it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he's a badass. I mean, he's got like the dual lightsaber and stuff, and you know he's he's force sensitive and uh, you know he's an enforcer. He's an enforcer. He's and not only that, I think I think the cool thing about the uh, the Sith Inquisitors is that they are they are direct underlings of Darth Vader himself. Like you know. Darth Vader doesn't just throw anybody <laughs> at you. It's <laughs> like I love I love the cool aspect of like, listen, I'm here now. I'm gonna take over where you guys have failed because you know not, now don't don't leave don't leave to an to uh, don't leave a what is it don't leave an imperial don't leave a job to an imperial officer that should better be left to a Sith Inquisitor. You know, it's like I'm here now. This is how it's done. I'm going to take care of business. And I loved that aspect of it all. Like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a Sith of few words. (laughs) Well, and then I find it interesting that, you know, I I sit there every time I see something like that, because, you know, it's not the rebels is not the story that, that, you know, you normally see in the movie, but you sit there and I go, well, we know where Vader came from. And then my mind goes to the prequels and leading up to how he became Vader. And then it goes, man, I want to know the story of how he got all these underling people. I know. You know like my know. brain goes there like, well, did they just magically going, well, this guy's cool. I think I'll follow him or like, what the hell happened? You know? <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting. That's actually a really, a really good point that you make because when my character was created specifically for star Wars rebels, what a lot of people don't know, and I kind of like to tell people like this little bit of trivia, or and it's kind of like not really trivia, but like a little, little um, uh, did you know of of Star Wars Rebels? And with this particular did you know, um, the Sith Inquisitors that were used uh, in Star Wars Rebels, the character Fifth Brother and Seventh Sister, were were basically <laughs> like um, throwaways from previous Star Wars movies, you know. Uh, they were they were going to be used in um, they were considering using Sith Inquisitors like in the prequel trilogies and things like that, or in these new movies that are coming out like you know the the Force Awakens and things like that. Um, but they they kind of like scrapped the idea and 
for for those. But someone, you know, said along with Dave Filoni, who's who's one of the directors producers of Star Wars Rebels, he's like, well, we should we should keep these guys and let's see what we can do with it. So originally, the Sith Inquisitors kind of looked like the Emperor, like Emperor Palpatine, like very old and haggard, wearing like black cloaks. You know, their skin was very sort of sallow and gray, and they had dark. I mean, very sort of empty white eyes and things like that, sagging elderly skin. And what they did was that they kind of took um, they were they took the inspiration for that character, and they they created Fifth Brother. And what they did specifically with Fifth Brother was they they tried to incorporate other ways to personify this character with with other references like you know what's what's menacing what's an intimidating creature something like that and someone said well what about a shark and you know so what they oh. did was they made him into an alien so the cloaked head became like that sort of like pointed helmet and that pointed helmet kind of looks like a hammerhead shark yeah and mm. a little bit mm. further so that they yeah. made his teeth like very kind of sharp very jagged shark like teeth and that's in essence how Fifth Brother was created by, you know, um, it was sort of like he was recycled, <laughs> he was <laughs> recycled, so to speak, from something else. But I, the, again, that's that's such a that's such a testament to like the creative creativity of the of the people behind Star Wars and the storytellers and, um, you know, the, the concept artists that come up with ideas. And then someone says, I like this, but let's go further with this. Like, you know, if you if you look at the original artwork for Yoda he looks more like a character from Lord of the Rings. Right? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he had like a little kind of woodland creature hat and stuff, and it was like, yeah, 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 that's a little bit too J.R.R. Tolkien for us. You know, we need to make it more organic and stuff like that. And then, of course, we ended up with the, with the one that's introduced in Empire Strikes Back, you know, it, that, looks, that looks less hobbity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting, too, that none of the concept art ever really gets thrown away. Cause, right. Like, they brought yeah. the Night Sisters, which was an early concept for what Darth Maul, I think, right? Like mm-hmm. originally was going to be a girl, yeah. And then they ended up just bringing her back as Mother Talzin as one of the Night Sisters, right? Yeah. And then the same with Zeb in Rebels. Um, that was like an original design for Chewbacca, and now it became Zeb. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. That's exactly it. There's no, nothing is thrown away in the in the Star Wars universe. Everything is like archived or or stored in in some locker, some proverbial locker somewhere, <laughs> to, to be possibly used somewhere somewhere else. You know, in other words, it's put on the shelf for safekeeping until somebody comes up with a better way of using it or or a, or a unique way of of using it in some other inception of Star Wars. And yeah. we all know that you know with with Disney. You know, um, uh, taking over the reins for Lucasfilm, that there's going to be decades upon decades for Star Wars, Star Wars movies and projects and television projects and all that stuff. You know, for for generations of adults and children to love forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when we say when we say recycled parts, you know, that's Vader in of himself. Recycled parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. He he started the recycled parts business. Yes, yeah, no doubt. So action figures. I know that you have a pop. You've got uh-huh. a three and three quarter inch action figure from Hasbro, and you have a Lego, which is awesome to be a Lego. I have the Lego, and I also have the you know the full twelve inch, the full size action figure. That's right. There's a big tall one too. Yes. Yeah. There's all kinds of other little fun little you know puff ones that they make but the one i have to say that i'm most proud of is the funko one because not you know it's like it's not every day that you know every character or every kind of animated thing or movie character or you know tv game and sports athlete is made into a funko pop so that's a real big source of pride right there but you know not only that but they really made them very well like the design for it looks really good and i i have people like tell me all the time oh my god your funko pop is so cool looking and i'm like thank god (laughs) (laughs) because you know it's like awesome they just really yeah it really is so do you take any of them and like make them walk and <laughs> because seriously. I haven't had a chance to. I might. I might do that with my son when he's a little bit older. He's he's a okay. six month old baby. Well, maybe when he's older, we'll play. We'll play Star Wars action figures when 
when uh, when we when we're doing playtime because <laughs> that's yeah. Then you make it you'll make it talk, and then he'll watch the per- he'll watch the show and go oh <gasps> yeah yeah for sure all of do do Yoda for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> and all that stuff I I can't wait to introduce him to that stuff so fingers crossed he'll be interested in it because there's there's a very good chance, albeit small, that he'll be like, oh, this is lame. I want to do something else. <laughs> I don't want to watch Star Wars with Dad. <laughs> and then I'll cry for a little bit, but I'll get over it. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, like most fathers, you'll love whatever he gets into because it's just going to be a blast doing it with him. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'll be more interested to, you know, to get excited about whatever he's excited into. So that's really what it's all about. But time will tell, you know, he's he's a little boy and there's there's definitely that possibility that he'll get the the Star Wars gene like I do. <laughs> the Star Wars love gene like I do. But, well, you uh, love sci-fi. I definitely won't force him into it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think it rubs off. I mean, he's going to look up to you. You love sci-fi. He's going to end up loving sci-fi. So I think it's a given. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, let's hope so. I'll, I'll, I'll do my subtle, like, forcing him to watch it. Like, oh, don't you think this is great? This is a lot of fun. I think it's fun. You should think it's fun, too. <laughs> well, that's a good one for Michael to segue into his question. Oh yeah, well my my question's actually mostly been answered at this point. I, I was originally going to ask, you know, if if, if um, you know what, how you felt about sci-fi and fantasy, but I think clearly that's that's uh, something you've already said. I was I was originally curious if if you had gotten to the the acting roles in, in that in the genre that genre just because the jobs were there or or because you were a fan. But um, I think it's I well I, let me let me rephrase it then. Since you are clearly a a sci-fi fantasy fan did that affect the roles that you were you were you know auditioning for or it was just sort of kismet that everything kind of came together and you happened to be cast oh for the- it just i just it just real real just just kismet and full effect i mean it, mm-hmm. it it's just a real treat when you're able to audition for these things and um and then they actually you know uh come to fruition um it, it's just a, it's just a blast i did the, years ago um you know i was a series regular on on a very short-lived but it had a, a mild cult following a tv show called jake 2.0 and it came yeah. out on the now defunct upn network <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which actually basically like turned into the cw but it was it was such a treat because like interestingly enough one of our cast members coined the phrase for the show spy fi because it was it was it was sort of like um, the idea behind it was Spider-Man meets the 6 million dollar man meets James Bond 007 so <laughs> you've just you've just you've just you've just rifled off three of the things that i love most in terms of the <laughs> characters and cinematic you know um, um, iconic characters, but also <laughs> genre-wise, just things that I think are uber cool. Um, so uh, you know, the story basically was this guy who's like a who's like a um, he's an IT tech at the at the um, at the National Security Agency, and someone is exper- uh, experimenting there with nanites to be used to create these super soldiers. Well, you know, as 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 fate would have it in a spy-fi action show, some baddies go into the lab, they try to steal the nanotechnology and our IT tech Jake 2.0 happens to be in there at the time. Um, you know, chaos ensues and, you know, bullets and, you know, violence occurs and some of the nanites get into our, our hero's bloodstream. And, you know, 24 hours later and about 104 degree fever later, he becomes Mm -hmm. like this superhuman being like with enhanced strength super speed and agility and all that stuff but also because of these nanites that are in his bloodstream that are replicating at a, at a rapid pace he's able to quote unquote you know um connect with any kind of technology like he can he can sort of project himself onto a computer and hack it or he can project himself onto the computer systems of a car turn it on and have it operate you know like as as he was doing a remote control he can you know so that was kind of like a cool aspect of the show, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, I, you know, when I found out that I was going to be on it, I, not only was I thrilled about being a series regular on a new TV show, but the fact that it was going to be this, this really, really cool idea 
that was, um, you know, yeah, derivative of other stories, but it was kind of being told in like a unique fashion, you know, um, you know, kind of like a superhero for the 21st century, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the whole, like I said, computer tech thing and the nanite things, you know, you, you didn't really talk about nanotechnology in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a 21st century thing. So it was kind of like a neat, unique thing that they were incorporating into this world. It actually know? seems a little bit ahead of its time, too. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was kind of a it was kind of a shame that it only lasted one season. Um, and you know, we we did have huge, huge fans for the show. They they really wanted to take off, and they tried to do like letter writing and email campaigns, but they they kind of fell on deaf ears. Um, but you know, again, it's something that that I, I kind of wear as like proudly as a, like a badge of honor that I, that I got to be part of that show. And my character incidentally was a, was a former N, NSA agent who was, who was basically grounded, but he's, he basically becomes Jake's trainer. He, he's his mentor and his trainer. And every once in a while he would get to share on a mission with Jake. Um, so that was kind of fun. I got, I got to play sort of like this young, you know, uber cool James Bond type character who was kind of grounded, but he got to do really cool stuff with his, with his pal, Jake. <laughs> so what would you say the longest run on a show on a television show has been? Cause I know you did what about 13 episodes of Grimm yep. and then yep. that Drake point 2.0 went for a whole season. Was that a yep. full season, like 20 some episodes? That was a, that was a full season of a, well, in full season of sense, I think I think they had a, I think they had a commitment to try to do eighteen episodes, uh, and they ended up doing sixteen. But the every all the whole season aired, and then um, you know the network decided to uh, to cancel it, not to, not to renew for a second season. Much much like I said, much to the dismay of its of its fans. Yeah. Um, but I was on a TV series called The Secret Life of the American Teenager for about five seasons. Oh, wow. So and that, that was fairly recent. That was um, I saw that show. I like watched that binge watch that on Netflix one time. Yeah, I played I played Ruben Enriquez, who was like the dad of Adrian Lee, who was the young Latina. Yes. Girl. So, yeah, yes, I, I played, yes, yes, I played yes. her dad. I played her strange dad who comes in. I come into the show like um, yes. I think about four episodes into season one and uh-huh. she reconnects with him and uh and the rest is as they say history five five seasons worth of that show so it was really that was a really fun treat to do and you know that was on abc family which of course now is free form um i don't understand that name change whatsoever <laughs> Me neither. But, but whatever it's like I, I guess it's working for them so you got to work with um uh why can't i say her name before she went on to yeah that's francia francia raisa now she's in now she's in um grownish which is a spinoff yes. of blackish um, oh wow yeah and she's playing one of the one of the friends of the lead girl who is one of the daughters who was in the show blackish yeah so okay, cool. which I, which i've seen it's a really funny show but i haven't i haven't watched it with any real regularity but um they have they have a lot of uh they have a lot of hopes and aspirations for this new spinoff. Um, you know, again, because of the genre and the audience that it's geared toward, it, it should do pretty well, you know? So, right. yeah. Did, now, did you, um, did you get to interact much with, uh, how do you say her name? Shailene Woodley? Shailene Woodley. Yeah. A couple of times I got to, I got to work with her a few times and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty awesome to see how her career has taken off and, um, you know, even back then when we were doing the show, there was no question in any, there was no question in everyone's mind that she was going to, you know, go off to bigger, uh, bigger things, you know, in her career. And, um, and sure enough, her, her career exploded in more ways than one. <laughs> With that Divergent series, that was an excellent movie. The Divergent series, yeah. But what really put her on the map was The Descendants, you know, the fact that she was able yes. to do her own with George Clooney, my goodness, you know. And yes. that, that really, like, got Hollywood sort of uh, Hollywood's attention. And, yeah, as the rest, as you say, is history when you can get a big franchise like the whole um, – Oh my God! You just said the name of it. Divergent. <laughs> the Divergent series. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, it's probably as as a book series, it was probably just as popular as the you know the Hunger Games series. So yes, um, you know, but uh, yeah, that definitely definitely got her into pop culture for sure. More so, <laughs> more so. 
he's an absolute sweetheart in, you know, in real life. He's the sweetest person to work with, very generous, very, um, very grounded young lady. So that was really a, a real treat to work with her. That's awesome. Yeah. So what some of what Michael's question was sort of getting us into was um, we always like to know on the show, like, what do you really geek out about? We always like to find out what our guests geek out about. Like, oh I mean, gosh. Well, right other, now, other than the cool stuff that you've already done and acted in, like, <laughs> do you want to be in James Bond? Like, would that oh really God. just like blow your mind? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, because like I said, when I when I did Jake 2.0, that was sort of my character, you know. Albeit he was, you know, he didn't see a lot of action. I did have I did have one episode. In fact, it was the third episode of the first season that was sort of dedicated to my character where my superior reluctantly lets me go on this mission to uh, infiltrate like the Chinese embassy because they've stolen from some, some plans from us or something like that. And I got to do like some cool actiony stuff before I ultimately end up getting caught. And then Jake has to save me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I totally geek out about a lot of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the stuff that I'm geeking out about right now is not unlike what you're geeking out. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, chomping at the bit to to see last jedi i'm really stoked about the you know the fact that um they uh were getting close to to the um to the release date and uh you know the the trailers have been just as cryptic and and ambiguous as they're supposed to be (laughs) you know like just just leaving all sorts of unanswered questions like oh my god what's going to happen here what's going to happen there and how is this a continuation of force awakens how are they going to improve about it the one thing that i'm really stoked about is the fact that ryan johnson directed and wrote the script and i love ryan johnson as soon as i heard that he was just going to be part of of the the you know this this new trilogy of movies um of star wars that lucasfilm decided on i was like oh my god they couldn't have picked a better person uh huge fan of brick huge fan of looper um yeah looper was good looper, so mm, yeah. just, uh, just you know the, the guy's got like a real what what i like to call a real sort of bare bones approach to the sci-fi fantasy genre um, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's he's not a huge fan of movies that are over CGI or anything like that, which I totally agree with. You know, in in a lot of instances. Me so too. I'm really curious to see what what the what the whole take on 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 you know his being part of the Star Wars universe is going to be like now because that's all about CGI and special effects. Granted, they're they're a lot better now because they look more seamless and more real. They're grounded in reality. Versus like the the prequel trilogy where just everything just looked kind of cartoony. Um, <laughs> we saw the alien characters. It was cool, you know. But I think for the time. But I think when you look at it in hindsight, you know, a lot of people felt that they were a little bit cartoony and you know Jar Jar Binks and um, you know characters like that. But now I'd be really curious to see what his take on it is going to be. A lot of people are making the comparisons, of course, to Empire Strike Back, uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's going to be the darkest one of this new set of trilogy movies. You know, there's going to be a, a, a lot of things that I think we're going to be really surprised at when we see it. Yeah, maybe some stuff that, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, no way <laughs> are you doing that. And I, I welcome it. I really welcome it. I, I, I like the fact that he's going to come try to come in there and, you know, um, uh, be sort of true to the franchise, but also come in and shake things up a bit, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I actually, I shouldn't say shake things up a bit. I think he's going to shake things up a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he's not going to Steven Spielberg. Uh, it, he's going to like Ryan Johnson it, and it's going to be really, really dark and, and, probably going to be troubling to a lot of people i think so well um, i think it has to be it's it's the middle middle of a trilogy trilogy. yeah yeah and then well i'm getting a little echo john is being abducted by aliens please yes oh my god as we speak are you wearing your tinfoil hat john (laughs) (laughs) there we go but uh i think because it's the middle the middle act you know it has to be a little bit darker but i have a feeling i i think i agree with you i have a feeling that it's going to probably be the best of the new trilogy and it could be a little bit because it's the middle act you know it can end on a darker tone and we've got another movie to solve all those problems that that he he brings into the universe you know 
Yeah, it, it has to. I mean, I think, um, you know, I don't I, I'm sure you you all have your theories about what's going to happen. I know I know there's a wealth of um, of, uh, of information out there or people with their own take on it. Uh, you know, there's some there's some real good, legitimate, you know, blogs out there and, you know, um, channels not like your own, like on YouTube or whatever, where people come up with their theories about what's going to happen. And they're viable. They're really good, like theories and stuff. But I. I'm a huge proponent of the fact that there's going to be an unusual twist that, you know, fans of the, of the movie are not prepared for um, twist with regard to like characters and things like that. And I yeah. think that, I think the biggest one is everyone's talking about like, it's going to be, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. It's going to be Luke Skywalker. Like he's going to get dark. He's going to, you know, when he says that line in the trailer about like, I, you know, I know, I, I know what I, I'm only certain of one thing and that's that the dead I must end or something like that. I, I, I think the real twist is going to be with Ray, you know, um, uh-huh. you know, Ray, Ray is, you know, regardless of, of what her origins are or why, how, how or why she's so force sensitive without any training. Um, it's definitely going to be explored more, answered more in, in this new movie. But I think she's the one that's going to be pivotal in the sense that she's, she's, going, she's going to change something. She's going to in, in, invoke some kind of change with one of the characters. And whether that's with Kylo Ren or Luke Skywalker, you know, time will tell. Yeah, um, or, or even Snoke. I have, or even Snoke. I have this idea in my head that I've been throwing around with my brother what if Snoke was a teacher at Luke's Academy and that's yeah. how he got to Kylo Ren and the rest yeah. is like you say, history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like he was a, you know, like a, like an infiltrator, you know, like who was, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's every, like everything that happened with, with, uh, with the prequel trilogies, you know, like when, when, you know, the, the good side or the light side of the force was being shrouded by the dark side of the force, you know, like, so even Yoda, you know, Yoda and you know characters like Qui Gon couldn't see like the the deception that um, that uh, you know Palpatine was was causing. They 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 were they were shrouded in darkness. So exactly, um, you know, maybe we have some like the the same formula with like Luke Skywalker and perhaps Snow could be like um, like uh, another uh, another Force sensitive instructor who who um, who betrays him, you know, or who deceives and betrays him. Um, Time will tell, but uh, you know, I, I, and I, but I do think like Snoke is his own, like, you know, unique self. He's, oh, he's yeah, his own yeah, self yeah. being. I don't think he's anybody else. I don't think no, he, yes. he's, he's uh, a face window you. or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but I do think that, that there's, that there's something to that. So I think that's a, that's a pretty sound theory because it's like, well, how did, how did, how did, how did Snoke get his hands on Kylo Ren? You know, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, you know, well, so you know, Snoke, sort of like Snoke could always be Chewbacca. When Chewbacca turns dark, he goes inside out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go. That's just almost as valid as most of the other theories. There you go. There you no, go. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm firmly with you in the Snoke is Snoke camp. Yeah, yeah Snoke is Snoke, and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Snoke, Snoke, and that's that. Um but uh, yeah, suffice it to say, I'm pretty excited about about that. So I totally geek out about those sorts of things. Um, I also geek out about, you know, um, it's a real treat and a pleasure for me to be part of like Comic Cons, um, especially in light of the fact that you know I'm I'm part of the Star Wars universe now, and um, it's nice to get invited to these things. And uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity. I don't know if any of you have have been to any of the Comic Cons, like in in your neck of the woods. Um, oh, aside yeah. from aside from the Super Bowl of Comic Con, which is San Diego, but it's a real treat, and I think it's a real opportunity for everybody who's who's a f- fan of the genre to come and just be themselves. And there's no judgment, you know, which is why you have so much people do cosplay and things like that. Um, it's it's an opportunity for them to, you know, live out their fantasies with regard to the characters they know and love and. Um, and it's everything, you know, it's not just Star Wars and comic books. It's, it's like, it's rarer, you know, more, um, unique things that, that, you know, normally people don't follow. Like, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of something that I saw at a, at a recent comic con and I was like, oh, that's different. You know, like, um, you know, it's just, it's just an opportunity for people to like explore and, um, and be themselves or be, be 
something that's not themselves, you know, give, give them some chance at escapism. And I think that's really a lot of fun. So I definitely geek out about being part of the cons. The, yeah. The I, stuff. I love seeing all the costumes that people wear and with how they dress up. I think that's just fantastic at those shows. Yeah. And I love, I love meeting people like you. Like I always go to the, I went to the last two star Wars celebrations that were in the uh -huh. States. And right. I hope that you go to the next one in the States because I'll definitely walk up and get your autograph in here. I'm hoping so. I mean, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I, I was invited to Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Um, I did not attend by, by choice because that was around the time that my son was being born. And sure enough, if I had gone, I would have missed out on my son being born. And I was like, that is, oh. that is a that, no compromise for me. I was, there was no way in the world I was going to miss that out. Yeah. So, there's going to be another Star Wars celebration. There will be another him being born. <laughs> right, exactly. It's going to be, it's, uh, you know, right now it's 2019 for sure, um, but they still have not, uh, they still have not um, uh, determined what city it would be. I'm banking on the fact that it's probably going to be somewhere in California, maybe even Anaheim this time, of, this time I around. I, th and I would I guess so too. I would I would bet they alternate between the two every couple of years. They'll just go between the yeah. two. Yeah, I think they want to do it to coincide with uh, with you know Star Wars Land premiering yeah. at Disneyland and things like that. So um, oh yeah. So you know that's one theory of mine, and and I know it's shared by a lot of other people. So we'll see we'll see when they do it. But I think it would make sense to you know they have to do it in some some place where the weather's kind of temperate and comfortable and stuff and. Um, you know, that's either Florida or California or maybe even, you know, Texas or something like that. But um, yeah, because uh, Texas weather is just like California weather. I can attest it's bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although in Texas, you get a winter. In yes, you do. In California, you get, well, maybe today might be a little winterish, but, you know, tomorrow it will be put on shorts again. Like there right. was one Christmas, it was like 85 degrees. It's like, uh -huh. mm, yeah. Yeah, but, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm hope hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to attend that one when it happens. And uh, I'm going to make sure I, you know, do everything. I have, um, I have a you know, company that I that I work with that represents me with regard to personal appearances and signings and you know all these conventions that I do, and I know they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that I'm part of it. And you know, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's to do a signing or uh, or an appearance with um, you know due to Star Wars Rebels and things like that. You know, I know we'll find a way to make it happen because, like I said, I was I was supposed to go to Orlando, but um, I decided not to do it. So. Let's hope this time around I'll get to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Philip, I just want to say thanks a lot for coming on. We're getting close thank to the you. end of the hour here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a real treat. I love I love talking shop about this stuff. So it was a real pleasure to be invited and you know, nice to nice to sit in and talk with people who uh who share a passion for it. So thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this for sure. And, uh, and yeah, for sure, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys know um, of all my future endeavors. Um, I didn't know if you wanted me to, to give me any, you know, give you guys any of my links to where you can follow me or anything like that. You oh, guys yeah, yeah. Put up the Twitter. Like, where, where, yeah. Give us your Twitter yeah. handle and uh, Facebook, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow me um, at Twitter and Instagram. I'm Phil Anthony Rod at Twitter and Instagram. And uh, that's usually where I post um, announcements for things that I'm going to do. Uh, at Facebook, I'm Philip Anthony hyphen Rodriguez at uh, Facebook.com. That's my personal page. And then I'm also listed on IMDb.com. Uh, just type in my name. It's Philip with one L, Anthony hyphen Rodriguez. And that'll give you a list of the projects that I've worked on, as well as any upcoming projects that are either pending or post-production or in pre-production. So um, hopefully we'll get to that point. Uh, maybe we'll 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 uh, re uh, uh, reconnect in some way, shape, or form because I'd love to talk to you about some of the secret projects that I'm working on that I care currently cannot talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that would be so, awesome. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be real fun to share those things, but they're really cool. I think I think you know based on what they are, they'll be they'll they they are projects that uh, that you guys will appreciate. So cool. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I, I, I mean, any last thoughts, Christina, Michael? Oh, just that it's been, been great having you here. This is fantastic. 
Thanks, Michael. Pleasure to meet you. And me, Christina. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. I've enjoyed I just enjoyed listening at times just to hear all the stuff. So that's how I formulate my questions, just listening. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I'm glad. And it was a real pleasure sharing the hour with you guys. And um, I hope to see you again some other time. And if not, we'll, we'll see you up on the big screen <laughs> or the yeah. little screen. <laughs> and, and on video games and everywhere. And on the, <laughs> games, and on the virtual world and on, on the small screen and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope, I really do hope I get to see you at one of the conventions coming up because that would be just awesome. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, uh, like I said, if you, if you go to, if you go to my, any one of my pages, Instagram, um, Facebook or Twitter, I always put announcements there. If I'm going to be at a convention or making some kind of appearance, we try to let people know in advance. If we happen to be in the city that they're in, awesome. It's great. And, um, you know, I always, I always put out that message that if you're in town or if you're nearby, please stop by and come say hi to me. I'd love to say hi, especially if I've already met you in some way, shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> In a previous inception or, or previous life. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be yeah, great. I've got like 60 or 70 um, 8 by 10s that are signed from all the different people that I've met through the years. And nice. uh, so I just I keep collecting those every time I go out. Excellent. So it'll be great to add yours to the collection. <laughs> would love to do that for you, my man, someday, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thanks right. a lot. I really appreciate it. This has been Thank great. You. Thank you, John. All the best to you guys, okay? Enjoy right. the rest of the weekend. Take care and happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays and all that stuff. We haven't gotten there yet, but we're kind of in that kind of in that season. So all the best to you and your families. Thank you. You Thank too. You. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye now. Bye. bye. I did not realize that he was the same guy. I'm glad he said <laughs> the life of the American teenager, and then it hit me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, that's what happens with me. You mentioned shows I've seen, and I'll go, "Oh yeah, dong ding." Well, it was good that I thought of that because I was I was looking at some of his stuff, and I was like, you know, I I, I remember Jake two but I don't, I can't remember actually watching an episode. But for Black some Boy, reason, yeah, I knew it existed. Yeah, but for some reason, I knew it existed, so I must have come across it in some way. And then I thought, well, I know he did thirteen episodes on Grimm, and I was like, I wonder what the longest stint he had. And I didn't even notice the American teenager on his list. So it was good that he was able to bring that up, you know? Yeah, because I watched it and um, I don't know what caused me to watch it, but, you know, I had seen Shailene Woodley in um, the Divergent series. Um, and, and then when I saw her in there, I was like, oh, let's watch this because it's her pretty young. And uh, the premise of the show is quite interesting. But um, he, he plays a pretty cool role um, on it as well. It touches a lot of deep, um, interesting issues. Um, but, yeah. I, and I've heard of that Jake 2.0, but I never watched it. So I can yeah. still hear the, the, the voiceover for the ads in my head. <laughs> Jake 2.0. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. It's gonna. He's gonna get me going back and playing a couple of the games I have to listen for his voice. <laughs> Not that I know what character he played from looking at the IMDb. I'm just gonna have to go back into some of the video games and find him and be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> I, I really thought that was funny picking the places for conventions to be Florida, Texas, and California. <laughs> <laughs> they have the most stable weather. <laughs> Minus the, you know, tornadoes and sometimes hurricanes and California's earthquakes. I mean, sure. Yeah, each state does have a little bit of something that could happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people ask me what would I rather experience, um, the earthquakes or a tornado. And I was like, well. Ew. I don't like um, either choice. <laughs> Tornadoes, you kind of have warning. Earthquakes mm -hmm. just happen. <laughs> yeah. You could be sleeping and wake up on the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and hurricanes are no treat, I can tell you that now. <laughs> I mean, you have this huge warning, and you're like stressing about it for two or three <laughs> days before it finally hits you. And then it's like all your trees and everything around you gets ripped to shreds. And you're like, is this home going to stand? How is this still here when everything else outside is completely obliterated? You know? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and I had a lot of people ask me, you know, do, you know, this area of Texas, do they have basements? And I said, no. They're like, what? And I was like, well, because it's the ground is clay. Unless you have a bajillion dollars to have a machine that comes and digs below the ground, then you don't have a basement. Yeah, because it's really solid, right? I mean, it's just like, right. yeah. Right, and I've been back east before, like, to New York and stuff, and those people, you know, they have basements. And my aunt, when she used to live in Nebraska, I mean, they had a basement, and they built a special, it's like a there was a room within their basement that they would go into. Um, so, I mean, it just depends on the area. I'm pretty sure other parts of Texas there are uh, basement houses and places like that, but not in uh, not in this area. It's the ground well, is super clay. Like it takes them a while to even get buildings put up. Yeah, no one in Florida, I think, has a basement because it's all it would flood. Mm-hmm. It would just be full of water the whole time. Right. So it it just depends on a uh, it depends on the area. I I just. I'm always fascinated when I go someplace I've never been, you know, like looking at the area and how the houses are built or how close they are, how far apart they are, you know. Well, I thought we were just down in Miami about a week or two ago and Miami's doing a Seattle. So they started building all the roads up (laughs) to the first level of the building. So now Mm -hmm. there are little trenches in the sidewalks that go down these stairs to get to the first levels and then as you get closer to the water you can see where they're constructing the next the next block is like being constructed and they're building it up because the flood water is coming in so much that like the streets we were flooded all the time last summer and that's oh, wow. like they first put in all these pipes and tried to pump the water out and then they built these hundred foot holes that were lined with concrete to try and make the water channel down these holes and that didn't work so now they're like raising everything up a level, which is what Seattle did way, way back, you know. But yeah. That's why they have the underground tour in Seattle, because it's like everything is on, un- you know, you can go underground and see everything that's down a level. Like, <laughs> I find that cool. I've still never gone on that tour. It's fascinating. You can hear about the ghosts. I've been to the Winchester house in, was it San Francisco, San Jose? That's a freaking trip and a half, man. Is that haunted you ever, too? You feel like it is once you've left. <laughs> I went with my dad and a stepmom. Yeah, my dad is the the main torture of all things I'm afraid of. Um, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was interesting, you know, and me, the person who visualizes everything, it's just like, oh, my God, the lady was crazy and they built and there was ghosts. Oh, my God. You're like, that's going through, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, it, it's, you know, and you think about it like years later, it's just I, uh, I had another friend that went there like recently. I'm like, did you go? She was like, yeah, that was a little bit you leave going, damn. I'm like, that's the only thing you could think of once you've left that place. So, I'm just, damn. Well, I'm going to go to bed. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Autobots, roll out. Oh. Hey, you've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show, Instagram, and Facebook at Super Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo, Joe!